Millions of despairing men, women and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Epstein didn't kill himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazis. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the US Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. Welcome everybody into Garden of Doom. And for this episode, we have with us from New Orleans, Belfazar Ashantison. And he was referred to us by Mambo Brandy, who you recall from the Voodoo Show just a short time ago. And he is an elder uh, in the greater vampire community, among other details that I can't keep straight in my head. But luckily, I don't need to because he's here for us. Thank you very much. He goes by Papa Czar often. That's what uh, people sort of call him. That's not so scary for a vampire, Papa Czar. So, Papa Czar, thank you for coming into the show. And please introduce yourself and then let the folks know what your, your vampire CV is. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Belfazar Shanti-san. As mentioned, I do go by Papa Zar. It's um, more of voodoo community, community moniker, but it seems to have crossed over into a lot of things in my world. Um, I am a sanguine vampire. means I am a blood drinker, so be very aware. Um, I'm also head of the House of Mystic Echoes. I'm, one, I'm the elder and founder of the House of Mystic Echoes. I'm also one of the founding members of the New Orleans Vampire Association, a group that gets together, and we're a more charitable organization than anything else. Our primary char charity is currently Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. We bring out food and feed anybody who is homeless or hungry. Okay, but you're not, you're not fattening them up so that they can be meals for you later on, right? No, 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 no. Okay. 
I have donors. Thank you. I, I will... I will pretend that I'm glad that that's the answer, but I'm really not. <laughs> so, so yeah, so sanguine, I'm glad you clarified this. Sanguine has two meanings. It could mean, you know, very, very happy, you know, or, or satisfied. It could also mean of uh, blood. And, and of course, it could mean both simultaneously. Um, well, technically, it means hopeful or bloody. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they go together. So it's the perfect word. So t- tell me, how did you get started with the community? What was your journey into vampirism? What's your origin story? Oh, God, origin stories. All right. First, I uh, hate to be all, you know, cliche, but I was that weird little kid that didn't fit in anywhere. Most of my time spent short, round, and ruckusly sick throughout my childhood. Um, But as years gone by, I started developing differences. More standoffish, more... um, I was the kind of kid that would sit in the shadows versus sit in the sunlight. I was literally that weird kid. Um, 11 years old, an incident took place on a church bus. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Where one of my uncles who was not the nicest people in the whole world decided he was going to pick on my sister. I ended up uh, standing up to defend her, and he started picking on me, which was normal for him. But something kind of snapped inside me. He ended up picking me up, pinning my arms down beside me, and I just kind of rolled my head back and then lashed forward. He ended up biting through his wicker coat, his sweater, his dress shirt, his t-shirt and into flesh enough to draw a significant amount of blood 46 stitches worth of blood wow so yeah i've been through a lot of things and the thing i remember the most is after the blood hit my tongue now remember what i said i've always been sickly Mm -hmm. so i wasn't able to run and play with everybody else and i was always more Lethargic. Nonchalant, lethargic, kind of sit back, watch everybody else have the fun type person. Well, it was literally like fireworks, like watching fireworks behind my eyes. But I also noticed that I was energized and I ended up spending the rest of the day running around with all my little friends and we were having fun, even though I was kicked off the church bus. Well, you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> so it, it sounds almost like a Popeye discovering spinach for the first time. In a random sort of way, yes. Um, but also, there happened to be a woman on the bus who introduced herself to my mother as Ashanti White Mantle, which is where the name Ashanti Sun comes from. But she talked to my mom for a good couple of hours and ended up convincing my mom to let her um, take me under her wing, for lack of a better phrase. And she taught me what it was like to be a vampire and how to not be ashamed of it and how to do it properly without 
damaging myself or someone else. Very good. Um, Ashanti, that's an Egyptian goddess, right? Well, technically, Ashanti White Man was a Native, Native American woman. Oh, well, I'm not saying that she was, <laughs> the, the Egyptian guy, the namesake. Uh, just because uh, I know I've heard the name before and I'm trying to place it, but I, th- I think so. Uh, maybe not Egyptian, maybe uh, further uh, Western Africa. Anyway, not, not, not a particular importance to this tale right now. So she was sort of like your, your mentor. She was what we call my first elder in the community. Okay. Okay, so to fear where I was, but to embrace it, for lack of a better word. Um, she also taught me that some people would accept it, but some people wouldn't accept it. Um, but she taught me how to live with it versus how to try to hide it or how to try to, I don't know, disguise it in some way, shape, or form. Well, obviously, you haven't been hiding it because you're, the, you're involved with several public groups, and it, it sounds like you're pretty well known. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just a good fortune to be in New Orleans, which, you know, is, is sort of a welcoming city for, you know, things that are unusual. You're probably lucky to be there. But well, to- it tends to be one of the meccas for the vampire community. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, New Orleans, New Orleans and the vampire community and your introduction to it. I mean, obviously, Ashante was white mantle. Uh, it, it, obviously, she did a lot of the introductions and was probably your guide for a bunch of that. Or maybe she wasn't. Um, but 17. And so how did you work your way from, you know, basically a youth uh, to becoming an elder of so many of these groups? Work is the key word. Um, I literally, the first group I was with, I put an effort behind everything I did. I started learning with a vengeance and everything they would teach me, anything they would teach me. And then when I went out on my own, due to not only the, 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 okay, I need to spread my wings kind of thing that all kids go through, but also something wasn't quite jiving with the first group. They were quick to tell me that uh, they were the only group with honor. And yet that's not exactly what I found when I was talking to other groups. And believe it or not, you know, this started happening in 1978. So there were vampire groups my first group could trace its roots back into the 1930s. Oh, wow. And it was a splinter group from another group that could trace its roots even farther back. So... So vampires have politics also. Yes. Just, just like everyone else. That's, In uh, every group of people on the face of the planet, yeah. yeah. Um, but when I struck out on my own, I was 17, I was doing my own thing, just living my own life, doing my own thing. And then right around 25 is when I started saying, okay, I need to start doing some, some real community work, some real, um, healing work, not only on me because of some things I've gone through, but also on other people who may be out there like me when I was a kid that just didn't know what they were, why they were, or how they were. 
I imagine that uh, Ashanti helped nourish you. Um, and so she probably introduced you to folks and, and I, I guess she had donors as well. Uh, how, how many people does it normally, does it take to be a donor for, to nourish a single vampire? All right. So that gets into the, the issue of, of how much I drink at any given time. Uh, depending on how physically and spiritually active I am, that is anywhere between an ounce to six ounces, three to four times a week. Okay. So, so it's not like breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, and no, it's not like breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, but also for me, I have four donors. This way I don't stress any one particular donor out. And if a donor's not feeling it, I go on to the next donor. Because it's not about pressuring the donor. It's about a working relationship, a a symbiosis, if you will, between the vampire and their donor. Six ounces is is probably, well, probably about three quarters of like one of those little cans of V8. Uh, It's probably about the the size I have in mind. I think that's eight ounces. So I guess 75% of that three or four times a week. Um, do you... Depending how physically or spiritually active I am. Sure. So it can go lower. It can go lower, or but can, and it can also go higher. Yep. Okay. Do you eat other food? Of course. Okay. Now, my body is, my body is still basically human. Okay. It's just, I need this in order to stabilize issues. Have you, I mean, were there any uh, physicians, allopathic uh, physicians who found that you had like an iron deficiency or something this is satisfying or is it just, it's something that defies? Um, Believe it or not, most of us in the vampire community have gone through both um, doctors and psychologists Mm -hmm. to see what could be wrong with us. Um, However, iron was good. I had leukemia, but my iron was good. Um, so it wasn't an iron deficiency. It's not like I have anemia. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, my body was not producing enough of the energies necessary in order to get through a daily function. What would you say is the approximate population of people who would benefit from, let, let's just call it being sanguine, from being, you know, uh, for being vampires? Is it 1%? Is it 0.1%? Is it surprisingly higher? I, you know, I have no idea. There are approximately um, seven to 10,000 vampires in the United States alone. About 1% of that is is literally sanguine. There are other ways to feed, but 1% of us, say 700 to 1,000 vampires or 100 vampires, or, are, you know. Are the groups in touch with each other? Are they all, are people, are vampires largely organized? I mean, I'm sure not everybody, but uh, for the most part, are there, is there a group in... The cities, there are groupings that usually stay connected with each other. Um, Like here in New Orleans, there's three different councils. 
for whatever reason. Uh, but there's communication between two of the councils. The third council, they kind of keep to themselves. But we also have in our, in our workings, um, a group that helps keep us all kind of communicating with each other. Um, that literally, it's kind of like keeping the back doors open where if people for whatever reason don't get along, they can continue to communicate even though the main people don't get along. There's always that communication. So the backup system or the, yeah. the redundancy. <laughs> right. Um, how about international? Are there, is there communication between the, the U.S. based groups or just the New Orleans based groups and other international groups? And of course, I have to ask, you know, where are the, where are the largest concentrations and are they Central Europe like the, the stereotypes would tell us? We have concentrations in England, France, Italy. Um, we even have some Norwegian vampires. So yeah, we got vampires all around the world. I've been in touch with people who identify as vampire in India, a couple of Iranians and some Pakistanis too. But but no central hub in, in Transylvania or Wallachia, nothing like that. No, no. Okay, well, I, you know, I had to, I had to ask, right? I had to. I mean, you know, um, it, it's interesting because I, I, I interviewed a woman named Madame X several months ago, and it is the only I'm interview that Madame X. You know her? Yes, I do. Okay, great. It's a small world. Well, that so is for Halloween too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's always got organizations. So we're gonna we're gonna do that again. But the audio actually got lost there, and I actually had my tech guy come in, like you know, real professional. Say it's like someone came in and took out just that file, as if by magic. So <laughs> that was uh, so that was a little bit weird because I, I'm not that tech savvy, but uh, you know, I I know when I'm looking at a file, like I'm looking at it now when the sound waves are moving and it's advancing, and and when I hit stop and things like that. So. Um, you know, and it wasn't, it was, it was taken off of the hard drive too, which is just, uh, which was just very crazy. So, but yeah, uh, you know, she, she's very busy, but we're, we're going to do it again. We keep in touch, but that's great that you know each other because she's very involved with the, um, communities, not just vampires, but also witches. Well, sort of, sort of all children of the night. That That's her phrase. Um, in sort of the, the painting, which is the organization she's part of that kind of, Covers everybody. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what she said. She says it's a safe space for really, you know, everyone doesn't, you know, however you self identify. Um, but you know, most notably, which is vampires and, and I think, uh, some lycanthropes and, you know, and, and some other groups as well. I can't remember the specific. It's, it's not particularly important for me to enumerate the different names. Is that similar in your neck of the woods as well? Very much so. Okay. Very much so. Um, now, Nova is specifically, uh, the New Orleans Vampire Association is specifically a vampire organization. The House of Mystic Echoes, my own personal house, that's open to anybody who may practice a form of magic, may identify as Therianthrope, um, or vampire. So, yeah. What does Therianthrope mean? I mean, I, I, just- I could take a wild guess, but I know what throat means, but 
not everybody fits the wolf category, so lycanthrope is kind of a misnomer. Right. So, so other animals. Mm-hmm. Are there any that are animals that wouldn't fit into what we would call the natural order of animals, or any like like uh, minotaur? Yeah, things like yeah, unicorns. I got a few people that identify as other things. Yes. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Um, so, is are your groups also uh, formalized? I mean, you know, I was surprised and probably stupidly so that hers were. Yeah, they were they were tax exempt, not for profit. I, I think they were they were considered religious organizations. Uh, are yours the sort of uh, similarly situated that way? Similarly situated, not necessarily tax exempt. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, and uh, is the driving source of revenue dues, or is it dues membership events? Do do have stores? No, Mystic Echoes doesn't charge anybody dues. Okay. If you're a part of the house, it's more a family affair. Even though we may set it up as almost like a business style, it's literally more a family affair than anything else. Now, Nova is set up as a round table. So everybody, every participating house in Nova has equal membership. So one vote per per house. Um, but yeah, anybody can bring a project like mine is the homeless project. So that's something I've been doing since 2005, by the way. Um, but in 2007, it was adopted by Nova to take it on. Well, you picked a good so time to do it. 2005, that was, that was Katrina year, right? So that was right after Hurricane Katrina. So yeah. I started off with Thanksgiving right afterwards. Well, we did Thanksgiving. We did Christmas. And it wasn't until a couple of years later that we added Easter. But yeah. So, and it's been steady growing. You pick, now we got people that are uh, that identify as vampire, voodoo, witch, whatever, that come and help. That's great that it's a civic-minded organization. Do you, um, I mean, the, the holidays you mentioned, obviously, are the most traditional of the traditional, you know, American, you know, whatever. Western the victory. The victory. Um, do you have other, I guess, I mean, I would imagine Halloween would be, you know, partic- you know, like a fun event for, for you all. Halloween, I'm extremely busy. I, I could be, uh, like, Halloween day, I'll be at Voodoo Authentica. I'm one of the presenters, so I give a, a speech um, every Halloween day. Um, but I've been doing Voodoo Authentica's uh, Voodoo Fest since 2007 once when i became a part of the voodoo authentica family um but halloween weekend i can be at any number of events depending on what's going on and depending on how much energy i have are there any uh uh vampire specific holidays that or or children of the night community type holidays that maybe i wouldn't be aware of (laughs) it depends It really depends. Um, Most of us practice a form of paganism in one way, shape, or form. So the witches have their specific holidays. The the voodooists have their specific holidays. I tend to fall into the voodoo holidays. But then again, Halloween, 
That's something completely different. Because my family in Voodoo starts beginning our services for the ancestors on Halloween. Um, then we do All Saints and All Souls. So we have like three days that we deal with our ancestors. I want to ask more about the, the generality. So, I mean, you, you told your story about how you sort of realized, wow, the, the, you know, the drinking of the blood, this is, this is what's making me feel complete, you know, uh, stronger. Um, I, there's yeah, not a, you should have seen my face when she brought it up to me. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that, but I, I have to imagine there's people that, that, maybe would identify as vampires, but that kind of occasion has never come upon them where they've tasted the blood and felt it. How many, how many unrealized vampires do you think there might be out there? Probably another two, 3,000. Okay. And that's just, that's not just sanguines. That's any of the pranics or the psychics or the elementals. That's any of them. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, but, but I, I don't want to fall too much into the show, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, because uh, they've got the Vampire Council and, and things like that. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's good comedy, but now that it's out there, I mean, let, let's, let's start with what are the different types of vampires, and then how, I mean, aside from the fact that it's like an office-style docu-comedy, how right or wrong does What We Do in the Shadows get it? Wrong in the fact that we don't really shapeshift. We don't really, like, flit around as bats. Right in the fact that we bicker about like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, one friend calls us a bicker of vampires <laughs> because it's pretty much what we do. Um, we're slow to change, sadly. Uh, because we get established in certain things and then we like to stay that way. Um, on the whole, we're slow to change. There are some groups that are making headways and changes, and that's really good to see. Like my group is notable for its, um, for its charity work, but we weren't the first and we won't be the last. There are several groups like the, the Dallas group. They, they do a lot of charity work. The Houston group does a lot of charity work. The Austin group did a lot of charity work. I don't know if they still do because I haven't heard from them in forever. But yeah, we're changing. We're adjusting. Well, groups, being, like, groups being slow to change is nothing new. It's certainly not unique to, to your group. Um, it could be any group, really. Uh, dy- dynamics, uh, dynamism isn't, isn't, is more the rarity. So what are the different kinds of vampires? It's like, again, going back to that show, you've got Colin Ferguson. He's sort of like the emotional vampire. They, there was like the rage vampire, uh, um, you know, fed off different things. So you, you use some words, some I under, some I knew what they meant, some I'm not sure. Uh, now I stopped changing terms in the nineties. That's okay. We'll use your terms. Too many, too many people. And for me, it's kind of like, oh, I'm special snowflake type peoples. But for me, there's sanguine, there's psychic, there's empathic, there's elemental, there's pranic, which are more sexual and sexual tension type feeders. 
Then you have adaptive and eclectic. Adaptive people are people who may be like a sanguine vampire who's lost their donors, so they have to adapt to a different way of feeding. So they have to really work at it. And eclective that just came with the ability to feed from more than one style. Okay. So sort of like they're omnivores, so, you know, in a, in, yeah. a, in a very rough metaphor. Um, okay. So there was one word in there that I wasn't sure. What is elemental? Elementals um, tend to feed on the living element of uh, the living nature of an element. Like fire is constantly growing and breathing and feeding and reproducing. It's a living element. But you can also feed from the air that rushes by or like you you are close to a mudslide. You can feed on that because that's definitely a living element. So it's, it's literally... Waves, waves, hurricanes, thunderstorms. So earth, wind, fire, water. I mean, the, the, literally the four elements that uh, you can derive energy. I mean, yeah, that, that, that I mean that ties directly into uh, <coughs> traditional animism. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I have a theory that there are... Now, the difference between witchcraft or magic and vampirism is magic will use the animisms to seek out a specific outcome while in vampirism that outcome of animisms is self the vampire themselves right so it's all about balancing their energy out versus you know creating oh look i need this prosperity spell to work so we're going to do this okay one is an internal need the other is you are seeking a goal so you are utilizing the properties yeah, I understand that, that, that. I'm glad you made that distinction. That was definitely something that I wanted to get to. But now you got to it already for me. Um, <laughs> I I don't know really how to ask this. So I'm just going to ask it. What? How did uh, Ashanti train you? Like, what was your what was your training? What was your you know uh, you know you you said your your a relative introduced you to her. Like, how many hours a day a week? How many years did this take? What 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 was that like? Like like give us the uh, give us the when Batman goes to Tibet and, and they, they you know like what what's the, what's the what's the ver what's the your your version of that? Most of it was study study our history study where we came from why we came how we came um but there was physical studies in the way to treat donors and don't get me wrong. I use the term donor. Not everybody out there uses the term donor. Mm -hmm. Um, Some call the people that sacrifice of their energy chew toys, which I'm not a fond believer in doing. It's disrespectful. Um, You know, they think they're nothing more than chattel. They treat them as a lesser being. When in reality, if you want to get right down to the bread and butter of it, we're the leech. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, but, you know... It, we're it, the it, one that needs them. They don't necessarily need us. Even though nature abhors a vacuum, 
So it creates something to offset everything. When you say that you study the history, like, are there books? Writings, not necessarily books. Okay. I mean, do they have titles that you're able to share? Or is that like, you know, in, in, is it like the Masons or something? Kind of like the Masons in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, so there's like, this is probably maybe the term isn't right, the grimoires that, that exists for vampire legend, history, um, yeah. biology, lifestyle, uh, basically training. But it's a, so were, was this basically like a, was this a full-time study? Was this ancillary to having to go to you know, regular school? Uh, Had to go to regular school too. Okay. So, so it was kind of like extra credit work. Extra credit work. <laughs> <laughs> Do they give extra credit for that in New Orleans? That might be a place where they might. I wish. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but this was was like a full time job, a part time job. So I grew up in Indiana. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is where all this took place. Should I ask where? Little town called Kokomo, Indiana. Oh, Kokomo. Well, that doesn't sound like a town in Indiana. <laughs> you know, the Beach Boys song. Anyway. Um, yeah. All right. So, I mean, aside from the studies of the the written, uh, is there also a lot of oral tradition that's passed on? A lot of oral tradition. Okay. So there, there was things that I had to be able to recite by rote. Um, but yeah, there was traditions that I had to learn. And most of it revolved around things like secrecy. Which, you know, living the way I do kind of blew that out the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> How about rituals? Are there, is, is it very ritualistic or is that something that, that's more uh, on the witch side of things or is it totally? More on the witch side of things. Okay. Um, in my tradition, in my group, it was more on the witch side of things. Um, now I have sort of made my own little ritual around when I feed. But, and if anybody needs to see what that's like, there's a thing called Vampires New Orleans on Amazon Prime. Episode three is me feeding. Oh, cool. All right. Well, that's right. Amazon th Amazon Prime, and it's called Vampires Feeding? No. Vampires New Orleans. Vampires New Orleans. All right. Sorry about that. Sorry. I got a second line coming around. I, I, I see that. Um how many years was the, the training? Um, from the time I was 11 until the time I was 17. And how did you make your way to New Orleans? Or did, did New Orleans find you? Long story short, I walked out of the pulpit and into voodoo. I was going to ask you next, do, do vampires have a religion or is it diverse? Diverse. You might want to hold on a second. Yeah. So, audience, uh, literally, this is that we've got a New Orleans a second line coming through. If you've ever seen Treme, you know what that is. Or, you know, it's there's, there's, there's always jazz being played in the streets. So, we're getting a little concert here. And it's a wedding. Oh, that's great. Well, congratulations to the bride and groom, or the bride and bride, or the groom and groom, or whatever the case may be, the happy couple. Um, may they enjoy, may they have many good years together. All right, so uh, when you say diverse, is it diverse like 
you know, just the the regular religions we would think like, of, or their their own schools of religions. I know a Buddhist vampire. I know uh, Christian vampires. I know witches that are vampires. And like me, I'm voodoo. Right. Voodoo is my religion. Right. And we learned a lot about that from from Brandy and some others in the past. So we know that uh, we've uh, we here we know the difference between the the myth and the depictions of voodoo and the reality. And obviously, uh, well, not obvious to the audience because this is a, an audio. But uh, Balthazar is outside and the sun is out, so he's not evaporating into dust. So that that is. You know, that, well, technically, I'm kind of shielded by two buildings, but yeah. Nice. I, I, I can see the sun. I mean, if, if you know, if it was the stuff of you know Midnight Mass or Dracula, you, you'd be flaming embers by now. So obviously, that's yeah. not that. That's, I can also walk on holy ground. All right, well, look at that. Um, and so obviously, you said that's a. I keep saying obviously. Um, some of the members you said were Christian, so there's obviously no choice. I said it again. There's nothing to the cross and holy water and, you know, stuff like that. Holy water makes me wet. I wear rosaries often. Um, so the cross, nah. Get you splinters if it's actually made of wood. Yeah. Uh, not to disrespect the cross. Trust me, not to disrespect the cross in any way, shape, or form. But, like I said... It's all an issue of of your perceived cognizance of something. For me, the cross has always been a haven, despite the fact that my dad was evangelical and very against me. Um, you know, I like to tell people I'm openly gay, openly voodoo, openly vampire, and my dad did not like any of those things. I'm trying to figure out where to go from here. On, uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to get back well, into the group. Find vampirism. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's probably probably something I should have asked right away. So yeah, well, <clears throat> let, let's do that. And how about how about we have you do that, not me? <laughs> All right. So in order to understand what a vampire is, we have to define vampirism. Now, the House of Mystic Echoes and the New Orleans Vampire Association use this definition. A vampire is someone who, for whatever reason, cannot provide enough of daily essential energies to do even the basics, like get out of bed, get dressed. So we have to reach for outside sources. Mine is blood, but other people use other things. And those energies are all designed to help us get through daily functions. So, it could be any of the above that we mentioned before. Psychic, sanguine, pranic, elemental, empathic, uh, adaptive, eclectic, and even negative energies to an extent. No superpowers, no uh, preternatural vision or, or super strength or anything like that? <laughs> it depends on what you call preternatural. Um, remember, preternatural is just beyond natural. It's not outside of the normal, like supernatural. But preternatural, yeah, 
Sometimes, okay. like my ability to read people. How about supernatural? Supernatural? If you can consider my connection to the dead, yes. I would consider that, yeah, sure. So there, there's some, uh, uh, well, it's not necromancy, but it's necro-something. Um, um, Brian Lumley coined a term called necroscope. I read his books. I'm more a friend of the dead. Necrosani. <laughs> I'm more a friend of the dead than I am um, than I am somebody who commands the dead. And unfortunately, mediums as well as necromancers tend to command the dead. Okay. So, do you commune with them? Do they give advice or I comfort? I do, and yes, they do. <laughs> Every now and then, well, since my mother and grandmother have crossed over, they rarely shut up. Uh, but yeah, I get advice. Do, do your mother and grandmother tell you you should call more often? No, they're more along the lines like, I'll be cooking something and my grandmother will say, ah, you put too much salt in it, put this instead. <laughs> Is she right? More often than not. Okay, very good. <laughs> That's, that's, that's the my correct mom, answer. If I need to create something or I need to, to feel more creative in what I'm doing, like um, making grigris or potion oils or things like that for people in voodoo, my connection to the dead allows me to access my mom's creativity, and that helps me create things. You, you indicated that, that your house is um, set up more of a business, more of a for-profit um, what kind of goods or services do you sell or provide? Well, mostly my readings, but other members in their areas do other things. We have some that do candles, some that uh, I got one member that makes gummies of all kinds. So, is, yeah. Is it like a co-op? What's needed. Is it like I a- got another one that makes dog cookies. That's her thing. Okay. So, so, she likes... So, Making sure the pets have treats. So it's sort of communal. Sort of communal. Everyone brings their their skill set. So you have sort of like a one stop, almost like a flea market for you know your particular brand of of goods there and and services. Yeah. And that's not is that limited to the vampires or no? All, oh, no, all? it's open to anybody. Okay, it's open yeah. to anybody who needs it. And uh, and you said you're at Voodoo Authentica as well. Do you uh, share space there? Do you, I mean, are they? No, a f- no. I, I'm actually one of the Voodoo priests and readers that are here. Oh, okay. I do readings um, five days a week, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, from eleven until two. My last reading is usually about one. Um, and then I'm making products the rest of the day for Voodoo Authentica. Um, but on the weekends from 12 to 6, I'm here doing readings. Um, I'm an intuitive tarot reader. So what I say about the cards is not necessarily what the cards mean, but hey, I get people where they need to be. I also give them the tools to fix their own stuff instead of like some of the readers out there may be like, well, I see this big darkness in your world and for $1,500, I'll remove it for you. No, I'm not like that. Um, My grandmother would get out of her grave and kick my ass. (laughs) Uh, 
I tend to be the kind of person that will say, okay, if you do this, this, and this, it will help offset this situation. What would you say your specialty is? Healing and protective works. Okay. Now, is that... So uh, much so that I wrote a book on protection spells, shielding techniques, and magical wards. Oh, okay. Is, is that available like on Amazon or... Yeah, Beneath the Sheltering Oak. Okay, very good. Beneath the Sheltering Oak, and it's under Balthazar Ashantison? Yep. Okay. There's a second book called Voodoo Through My Eyes. It's about my journey in New Orleans traditional voodoo which is completely different than Haitian voodoo and completely different from African traditions. So, yeah. What are some of the main differences between those three? Well, African traditions tend to deal strictly with the Orisha. Haitian traditions tend to deal strictly with the Loire and can be very, very regimented. And you have to do this this way. Okay. New Orleans traditional voodoo is a combination of the African and Haitian traditions in the fact that we honor both the Orisha and the Loire. But we also have the Catholic saints that New Orleans grew up with. So it's, it's literally, uh, well, no, it's metaphorically a jambalaya. Uh, metaphorically a jambalaya. Okay. Or a good gumbo. A good gumbo, fast. Is Nick still open? Is who? Nick's. Not that I know of. Okay. I haven't been, well, I've been to New Orleans twice since then, but not the good parts, uh, since, <laughs> since the, uh, late eighties. Um, when I was, oh, uh, well, a you, lot has changed since the late eighties. Yeah. It was, there was a place, I think it was called Nick's. Maybe I have the name wrong, but it was right across from the old Dixie Brewery. Is that still yeah. there? That's, uh, a lot of that section kind of got buggered because of Hurricane Katrina and, Never really came back. Yeah, as soon as as soon as the question came out of my mouth, I was afraid that might be the answer. All right, off of my going, living, reliving my youth. Let's let's get back to the topic at hand. <laughs> so, so the training, how, you know, how does how she guide you in finding your donors? I mean, she must have had donors or some method of feeding. She actually you- didn't guide me in finding my own donors. I've kind of created my own way of finding that. Um, for donors, it takes me about six months to actually get to know somebody because uh, you never know. Right about six months is when people's crazy start showing. <laughs> and I have my own brand of crazy. I don't need other people's. But at the same time, it's just getting to know somebody and, and understanding if you can trust them and seeing what kind of a person they are outside of their daily life. Because, you know, some people have a work persona, some people have a home persona. I just happen to be one of those people where everything's kind of combined into ah, me. So I'm like one donor. I literally found while I was doing laundry and and he happened to see that I had my laptop open and answering emails and was on a thing called Vampire Community News where I was chatting with somebody back and forth in a in a, one of our discussions and he saw that and started asking questions from that point on and that was god 15 years ago okay, awesome. he's been a donor ever since that's great um 
familiars. Is that something that's real or is that something that's out of literature? Depends on the familiars. Depends on where you're coming from at with it. Vampires don't really have familiars, but the witches and the magics do. Now, some vampires are innate magic. So, yes, they would have familiars. But it's not going to be like a whole swarm of bats. Um, if you don't have donors, are there is animal blood a, a substitute? Not for me. Because okay. animals can't give permission. Ah, what about others? Are you enough for you? You don't know. Possibly, I won't answer for others. Right. Okay. It's not. It's not something that um, gets brought up or talked about. It's not something that I bring up or talk about. <laughs> but like I said, animals can't give permission, so I don't do animal blood. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I have done things like gone to the Asian market and mixed a little uh, beef blood in some Pinot Grigio and had a nice little blood cocktail. But that only curbs. It doesn't satisfy. Understood. Um for me, I'm one of those people where it has to be from the source because outside the body for more than 20 minutes and it loses its efficacy. So it's got to be fresh. I mean, it's still, yep. still warm. Yep. 98.6 or whatever. Is that, is that the temperature of blood? Is it 98.6 or is it, is it hotter? Sometimes a little hotter. Okay. If a person's burning a, a fever, though, I refuse to drink from them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting because, you know, how, how do you know if, if somebody, I mean, are, are you immune to any sicknesses that, that come from their blood? Like if they had, like, the flu and they I didn't know it I'm immune, especially with my leukemia. However, uh, I it does seem to take a lot more for me to get sick. That's the, but when I get sick, Lord have mercy. Do you think it's because you get sick or because you think that someone, one of your donors, passed something on to you? I think it's because I got sick. Okay. Um, do and you have, just so you know, mm -hmm. if I am feeling sick, I do not feed. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't want to take the chance of risking my donors. My donors are important to me. There's, there's no way they could put it like in sort of like a Pyrex, like a tube, like a beacon or something? No, beacon like there? I said, after 20 minutes, by the time they could do something like that and get it to me, guaranteed 20 minutes would be passed. So reheating's not an option? No. It's got to be... It's, it loses something. It loses its spark, its essence. Its essence. The, the life force, I guess. Um, okay, that... Yeah. So, For lack of a better word. Yeah, I if if you have a better word, please feel free to substitute them. <laughs> um, when when did the, were you able to realize? Yeah, th this is what I am. This is the definition of what I am. Rather than I'm just a, a, a kid who you know I, I didn't really know my way, and now this 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 feels like a, a decent. Look, at way. eleven years old, when a lady comes up and says, "Well, you're like me, and this is what I am." And you're already noticing differences about yourself. Mm -hmm. Again, gay. Um, firm belief and a firm grasp on magic at 11. So I was always kind of set apart anyway. 
that plus being sickly, it wasn't a, oh, great, I can be superhero now. It was more like, oh, shit, something else to set me apart from the family. Right. But you grew into it. And, and it sounds like you grew into it and, and took a leadership role. I mean, the, it, it really worked for you. That's because Ashanti taught me that it was not something to be ashamed of. It was not something to fear. It was something to just deal with. Is that why you've taken on the, the leadership role with these houses? Are, are you the Ashanti to other people? I'm the Ashanti to other people, yes. Is that why they call but you Papa Zar? I don't take a leadership role in anybody else's house. I take an advisory role. I'm a leadership role in my own house, but I'm an advisory role to anyone else. Why do they call you Papa Zar? Because I'm highly protective of anybody under my care. Okay. And you said that that was more tied to the, the voodoo priest. The voodoo. Then. Okay. Now... In New Orleans traditional voodoo, priestesses are usually called mama or queen, and priests are called papa or doctor. Now, my direct godfather, Dr. Elmer Glover, was doctor. So to keep from being confused, so when somebody come up and asked for doctor, they would be talking about him. When they came up and asked about papa, they would be talking about me. Right. Clarification, say. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as, as an elder and as an advisor, are you talking about advising to a board? Are you talking about youth, just anybody who comes seeking your advice? All of the above. All of the above. Um, how many members of your house are there? I know you said it's open to the public, but what... what At last count... House of Mystic Echoes itself has 68 members. Are there any formal... Not con- all of them living in New Orleans. Oh, okay. Are, are there any formal titles that go go along? I mean, is it president, vice president, or is it... Is it in uh, our house, there's elder, secretary, liaison. The liaison officer is the one who, like at formal gatherings will run buffer between me and someone else. That way I don't get overwhelmed by like 15 people coming in to talk to me at the same time. Um, We do have a security officer, Chuck. Uh, We do have a security officer. And that is literally for protection. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's run more like uh, our house model is more like a business than it is a than it is a, a, a religious model or a, we don't have bishops, deacons, cardinals, right. things of this nature. Yeah, that's all we're going to have. Um, <coughs> what misconceptions do you really want to dispel and what information do you really want to get out there that people should know? Okay. Uh, again, that goes back to some of the, the more formal things. Um, Crosses, I think, are very nice, and you can wear them all day long. Um, holy water makes me wet. Garlic tastes good on pizza and spaghetti. <laughs> Why would we we be afraid of something that actually helps clean out blood? That's one question that always got me. Um, I do not sleep in a coffin. I sleep on a king-size bed. 
So, yeah. Not made of dirt. Not made of dirt. Although I do have rocks from my hometown. That's okay. I do not have dirt from my hometown. I I don't think it's anything more than the fact that I like to correct collect rocks from various areas I've been. It's like a kitchen magnet from airports. Um, okay, things in literature and the media, movies, TV, whatever, what what things drive you particularly crazy and what things do you like and what get what gets it the most right and what gets it the most wrong? All right. If you want to know what the vampire community is really like, there's an old... Uh, Jason London movie. I can't remember the name of it right at the moment. But combine that with Into the Shadows, you got us. Um, Add a little bit of Seinfeld. That's definitely in there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Beyond that, you come at me with a wooden stake, and I'm probably going to take it from you and shove it somewhere where the sun don't shine. But to be honest, you stick a stake in anything's heart, it's dead. Yeah. So that falsehood has just been way too overplayed. Oh, you're freezing up. I hope we haven't lost you. Oh, there you go. You're back. Well, that just like to jump around and scare people. Yeah, I, I assume you're saying that you're not a bunch of people who like to jump around and scare people. You you were frozen for a moment there, and so I think you got cut off at the most important word of that sentence, um, or right before it. Um, yeah. What 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 media drives you nuts, and what media do you enjoy, even though it's not you know not correct? And and I mean with regards to Children of the Night, specifically vampires. Like like do you do you love Blade? <laughs> Uh, an underworld, but you, you know, I don't know. I, I you know, you hated Bram Stoker. The movies. I love all of the movies. I, I love reading the books. Um, the bazillion different resets of Dracula kind of drive me a little nuts, but yeah, whatever. Um, but Folks, I think he's frozen again, but uh, like last time, I think he's going to get to a... Uh, oh, he's back and moving. I'm jeans and t-shirts. I'm in jeans and t-shirts mostly. Okay? Right. No no cowl, no oh. medallion, no crest, no dinner suits. No cowls, no medallions, no crests. Uh, I'm not stuck in the 1800s wearing Victorian Edwardian clothing. Yeah. You cast a reflection. You know. Yeah, uh, I cast a reflection. Why uh, wouldn't something with a physical body cast a reflection? Uh, obviously, you can. Uh, you take a picture because I'm I'm seeing you right now on Skype, and and you seem to be alive and real and moving. So, yep, that that looks <laughs> very lifelike. At least, when the, at least when the internet's freezing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that happens. It's the internet, uh, and you know, with a, and and a better podcaster would be better with the pause and play button, but but this one always bollocks it up and hits the wrong buttons, and would just rather wait for the distortion to go away on its own. So, <laughs> um, all right. What what do you want to leave us with? And and also, I also want to give you the chance to restate all of the, you know all of the different organizations and groups and projects that you're affiliated with. How people can support you, where they can buy stuff, where they can get information that you want to share. Okay, 
First of all, um, if you'd like to donate to the charity, you can go to uh, NewOrleansVampireAssociation.org and hit the donate section. Um, this helps feed anybody who's homeless or hungry. I'm up to over 200 people per feeding. Um, and believe me, with the hard times that everybody's hitting, it's a necessity. Books can be found at Amazon.com. Um, I know one of them was picked up by uh, Barnes & Nobles. I don't know if the other one has been picked up yet. Um, but books are Beneath the Sheltering Oak, which is a collection of my favorite protection spells, shielding techniques, magical wards. And then Voodoo Through My Eyes is my path through New Orleans traditional voodoo. Let's see. And of things that I'd like for people to know, vampires are pretty much like everybody else. We pay bills. We do taxes. We get up and go to school for those of us that are still students. And in one way, shape, or form, we get up and go to jobs. Most of my jobs are day-oriented. So I'm even though I have a hard time sleeping at night, I am... Definitely day motivated. Diurnal, regular circadian rhythms. Yep. So nothing scary. Not really, unless you see me angry. I haven't seen you angry yet, and it's and that's probably a good thing because it's only been about an hour. I, I, I usually <laughs> usually even takes me a little bit longer to get somebody angry. Um, that's very cool. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing this. Uh, this well, all this information uh, and dispelling a lot and getting the truth and the facts out there. Sounds like you have a lot of good causes that, that you're all involved with, and it sounds like you're a, a an informal leader in some way, shape, or form. Anyway, uh, people, you know, don't obviously rely on you. You were referred to me by Brandy, who I know is very well regarded. She was referred to me by someone else who's been a guest of the show a couple of times. So. Thank you for sharing some time on a Friday evening uh, in the summer. How's the, how's the weather there? Still, still nice? Ah, it's beautiful. Today was 80 with mild breezes, and it's going to get down to 69. So, yeah. No no hurricane Ian effects uh, that far west? No, that went towards Tampa. Yep, no, I know. Uh, yeah, we're, we'll get a storm coming up this way. I'm, I'm in the Baltimore area. All right. Anything that I should have asked that I didn't ask? No, I think you did a pretty good job. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Well, again, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your time, on, especially on the Friday evening and this very quick turnaround. This was, this was literally the introduction was made Monday. We're recording on a Friday. Um, you know, it's not exactly spooktober, but it, the truth is more important than, than me getting my little kicks you know, as spookiness. And the show is... Not always about scary. It's about it's about getting information out there. So thank you very much, folks. He told you where you can support his groups and his books. So follow him. Do you have social media, anything like that, where people can follow you? I have, um, yeah, I'm everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I even got a TikTok now. All right. Well, it's Balfazar, which is B-E-L-F-A-Z-A-A-R. Last name, Ashantison, A-S-H-A-N-T-I-S-O-N. So check that out. I uh, can't imagine there's too many Balfazars, Ashantisons 
uh, out there, period, and certainly not in New Orleans. So I'm sure if you put in New Orleans, that you'll find the if right you guy. Hit me up on Facebook. Give me a message first. I don't add people who don't give me a message. Fair enough. Well, I probably will send you a message first. Um, all right, everyone, folks, is there a song that you want me to ha- use as the outro? Ah, man, of course. Blood taking, uh, bloodletting. Bloodletting. Concrete blonde. Okay. Sold. I'm, I'm going to find it. All right. Done and done. Uh, when when the show is out, I'll, I'll shoot you a link. And uh, audience, hopefully you will enjoy it. I know you will. And everyone, follow his stuff. Follow him on social media, but send him the message first. You heard the man. You don't, you don't want to get on his bad side. He has magic as well. Um, and uh, you can also follow us. You can even follow Garden of Doom, and you can subscribe to Garden of Doom. You also get Garden Views, and kind of give us a rating and a review and a referral that's terrific and you'll hear us next week in the garden of doom